This podcast episode was proudly brought to you by 40 Wings Bendigo. Here's about sleep. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to Jed's podcast. I'm Jed Matt, and I'm going to be the host for this episode. Thanks to everyone that's tuning in to this episode. It's going to be a fantastic episode. I can guarantee you guys this one for sure. Today, I'm joined by current AFL player. He is one of the big names going around in the AFL at the moment. Today, I'm joined by Adam Trelaw from the Western Bulldogs. Thank you, Adam, for coming on the podcast. And how are you, mate? Thanks, mate. Thanks for the introduction. Thanks for having me as well. Um, I'm going really well. Yeah, I'm going really well. We're um, well and truly into the season. So, um, yeah, we've got some big games coming up. Hopefully, we can finish off the season well. But, yeah, going really good. That's good to hear, and thank you again for coming. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you out through the episode. We'll get stuck into it. Could you tell us how you first got into football growing up as a young kid? Yeah, so obviously um, I didn't go through any Auskick programs that I would highly recommend this day and age. Um, There's plenty of kids that tend to go through that pathway and just go from there with their junior footy club. But, um, yeah, around the age of seven, my older brother started playing um, organised football or AFL for, for, a, um, for a footy club. And I was playing soccer at the time. I was at school playing soccer. And um, that was my sport of choice because everyone at school was playing it. And um, my older brother said, stop being so stupid and come play um, footy with me. And, and I did. So um, I started when I was seven. I played one game for the Dandong North Football Club. So I'm, I'm born and raised in Melbourne, Fort Worth, and also grew up in Dandenong. So um, hence why I played for the Dandong Football Club, um, Dandong North Football Club for, for one game. Um, thought, nah, these are, because I was playing three years above my age, I thought these kids were a bit too big for me and it was a little bit too scary for me. So I was a little bit intimidated. So um, my older brother said, no, don't, don't stress, come and join where I'm at, which was at Noble Park. So I went and um, signed up with the under-10s at Noble Park and yeah, haven't looked back since. So um, that was where my journey of, um, of playing footy as a youngster started. It's amazing how you were just saying then, mate, you, asked, you started playing soccer as a kid because all of the kids were at school back then and now you're playing on one of the big stages, which is the uh, AFL. Enjoying playing your footy at the Western Bulldogs? Yeah, I am. I am. I, um, it, it was, you know, initially quite a change for me considering, um, you know, the circumstances around the actual trade and, and moving footy clubs. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, um, you know, I enjoy that, uh, you know, we're, we're hidden away, we're tucked away in the Western suburbs. Um, you know, it's um, it's quite a change being a part of a big, powerful footy club in, in the Collingwood Footy Club to then, you know, as I said, being um, you know, being a Western Bulldogs player now, where the the attention just isn't there as much. Um, you know, there's there isn't uh, always that media scrutiny outside of the footy club each and every day, which is kind of what it's like um, at the at the Collingwood Footy Club, regardless of whether you're going well or not going well. Um, and that's that's um, that's what you get with with playing AFL football, especially for Especially for, uh, as I said, for the Collingwood Footy Club. So um, now to be a Western Bulldogs player and, and, and haven't had the year that we had last year, um, albeit we didn't win the whole thing, it was quite a successful year in, in terms of, um, you know, the growth as a group, the camaraderie, 
um, the life, the life lessons and the footy lessons we learned along the way is something that, um, you know, that continue to hold us going forward. Um, obviously, if you were to look at this time last year compared to now um, in terms of how we're going in terms of wins and losses and where, where we're at, it's obviously nowhere near where we were last year, but um, you know, the, um, the, the capabilities are still there. The, um, you know, the opportunity to play some really good footy and, and um, you know, beat some quality opposition is still there. So, um, you know, what goes with all that is is each individual enjoying um, playing for each other and being with each other. And, and that's exactly what I do. I love doing that. I love going to the footy club. I love, um, you know, I love getting to the club and, and working hard and each, each and every one of us working hard for each other and trying to get the best out of each other. So, yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's, um, it's something that, again, I never thought I was going to be in this position um, having played for three footy clubs, but um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world because I've met some great people already, and I love being a Western Bulldogs footy player. They are a fantastic football club, but yes, they've also got a great team, which will be exciting to watch in the future. You debuted against West Coast round three in 2012 when you played for the GWS Giants. How? Was that experience for you playing your first game of AFL football back then? Yeah, seems like a long time ago now. It was, um, as you said, 2012, 10 years ago. But um, yeah, it was um, you know, one of the, the memories that, I, that will always stick with me. It's one of those times where, you know, when you do retire, someone would ask you, what are your fondest memories? Um, hopefully there's a premiership down the, down the line for me, but you know, playing in the grand finals and, and being able to play Anzac Day and um, some big finals games, other moments that are significant in your life for playing your first game. And that was, you know, well and truly for me, it was, um, you know, I was 19 at the time. I'd just turned 19 and it was, you know, a good 10, 11, 12 years of, of um, wanting to play AFL and to live out that dream in that moment is something that, again, I'll look back on and be um, extremely proud about. Um the game itself was a was a bit of a blur. Um, I do know we were down about seventy to zero at quarter time. West Coast were um, quite an imposing team at the time, and we were obviously young, up and coming GWS Giants team. So um, that memory wasn't wasn't too fond. But um, to be able to go out there and um, you know play my first game, and I was fortunate enough to you know have most of my family up there, and, and I was able to kick a goal in the game as well, which was kind of ticking off two milestones in in one. Um, yeah, so I look back on and, and think, you know, how lucky I was to get to that position. And now, um, you know, 200 and something games later, I'm still going. So, um, yeah, it seems like a long time ago, but, um, yeah, something that I'll always look back fondly on. You mentioned at the start of the show you were born in Melbourne and you obviously, your first AFL club was the Giants. How was the move up to Sydney? Were you quite anxious about moving up there back then when you were younger? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I moved um, when I was 17. So obviously I just touched on, I debuted when I was 19, but I'd spent a year and a half up there with um, about 18 other 17, 18 year olds because um, for those that don't remember, the GWS Giants and the Gold Coast Suns, they had a year in the, um, because they were founding teams, they had a year in the lower competition and the uh, Gold Coast Suns played in the VFL and we played in the NEFL up there. So the, um, you know, the, the VFL equivalent for, at the time. And um, yeah, so I'd moved up when I was 17 and it was, yeah, to be quite honest with it, it was extremely tough. I was, um, you know, I was and am still extre- extremely close to my family and 
um, to make that move away from my siblings and, and my mum and uh, my stepdad, it was quite challenging and it was something that I considered to not do quite a bit because, um, you know, I knew that, you know, mentally I was probably going to struggle. I knew that being away from the family was going to be quite a challenge. But at the same time, I kind of knew that, um, one, this is a dream that I've always wanted. So you have to make those sacrifices, whether it's moving away or whatever it may be. And two, it was, I thought it was going to be a good opportunity for me to, I guess, mature and learn life skills at a younger age. Because um, you think about it now, when when kids get drafted and a lot of them get drafted in their home state, they still end up, you know, living with their families for two, three years as AFL player where I was, you know, as I said, I moved up when I was 17 and moved away from my family and I was in a different state somewhere I'd never been. So I, I got to mature pretty quickly and learn some pretty important life skills. So that side of things I really appreciate, I really appreciated and I looked at it as an opportunity, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I well and truly was, was anxious about it. And, and as I said, there was times where I thought, why am I doing this? This is um, going to be quite challenging, but um, you know, at the same time, I always, always had an ambition in me to want to get back to play footy in Melbourne. Um, and I didn't know when that was going to be, to be totally honest with you, because um, when I'm, when I'm at an organization or whatever I'm investing um, myself into, which was obviously the Giants, I'm, I'm investing all of myself and I've always lived by that and, and, you know, sworn by that being that type of person. And, and I loved right up to the very last game I played for the Giants. I'd invested my absolute heart and soul into the footy club and that's where I want to be. And um, yeah, and, and I genuinely had no idea when I won, when the opportunity was going to be to come back to Melbourne, but there was always that little um, ambition in there that, you know, I eventually do want to play some footy in Melbourne. And, and that's just the, uh, that was just the reality of the situation. But yeah, again, to answer your question, I was extremely anxious. It definitely is a massive ask to ask a young person, especially when you were 17. Back there, you were still quite a young young kid. Um, I suppose with the mover up there, I imagine you would have had some great um, support from the club itself the Giants back there? Yeah, they were incredible, mate. They were extremely incredible. I um, I met some great people there. I, you know, I, oh, where do I even begin? I, you know, because they had an influx of 17-year-olds moving. Um, and then there was some top-up players who were, you know, 18, 19 as well. Alex Carey was one of them, who's, who's obviously the Australian wicketkeeper, a star in his own right. Um, he'd moved from South Australia to live there as well. Um, Dylan Shield, Thomas Bug. Nathan Wilson, who's at Fremantle at the moment. We had so many youngsters move from um, different states to get there. And uh, Jeremy Cameron, another one, moved from from um, from Mount Gambia. So, And that would have been a challenge in itself. So, yeah, the, the support staff they had in place, that, that they had set up in place, I, I felt like really contributed to the success that they have had over the past, well, really, the every year other than the first two, three years they were in the, in the league because um, that was when the, the, I guess the boys had grown into men, but the, it was no fluke. There was no coincidence. It was, you know, the family feel that the club had given the players. It was, um, you know, the, the Lamberts, the Craig and Mel Lambert and, and her and their children that supported the players and made it feel like home, the welcoming of the family. Me personally, I had, um, you know, the, the, uh, he, he was kind of the property steward player um, welfare kind of thing in a way. His name was Adi Schwegler. He was enormous for me. He moved in with me. He'd spent uh, 20 years at Essendon as a, as a property steward and, and done a lot more. He was really close with the players. 
Um, he'd done an enormous amount for me, and, and he's, you know, a, a massive part of the reason why I was able to survive five seasons up there and and really, I don't know, grow my own game and really build that confidence and instill that confidence in myself. But then I think the coaches as well and the coaching um, support system they had around the players was another key factor in why, yeah, why it was such an, you know, I wouldn't say easy because there were times when it was challenging, especially when we'd only won three games in two years, but why it wasn't as hard as what it might may have seemed from the outside, considering we weren't having that much on-field success. So um, for that, I'm grateful because if it wasn't for my experiences there, if it wasn't for the people that I'd met, the people that had invested time into myself and um, the players that are, that I've just mentioned that have that are still going around in the AFL, I've got no doubt that, you know, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now if it wasn't for that love and care and support and and the ability for the coaches and the people there to, to instill that confidence in us as young, you know, individuals and athletes trying to grow their own game and um, establish themselves as bona fide AFL players. And, yeah, for that, I'm extremely grateful. So, yeah, we definitely had a really good support system around us. That is a massive part to run a successful club, which is obviously one to have good people involved in the club, which the Giants have amazing people mm-hmm. involved and coaches, but also good um, supports for the players, which includes that mental health support. So Absolutely. there is quite a lot of things that go into off-field that people don't necessarily see behind the scenes of football. We'll, now, we'll now move on to... Um, so. We all know you're playing at the Bulldogs, mate. You you usually play midfield, but the last few games you've been playing down in the back line. Are you enjoying the change from a mid to playing in the back line? I am. I am, mate. I'm um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's been something that, um, you know, I've if there was a position that I was, I thought I, I might be able to um, really showcase my strengths and and play well in I always thought it would be off the halfback um and as you said um it is a uh it has been a change for me and um it's nice it's always nice to try and add some strings to your bow and um you know I'm always trying to find ways to improve as a football player and whatever it may be whether it's skill base wise or whether it's changing positions and doing what you can to bring the best version of yourself and, and help out your teammates it's something that I'm willing to do so um, I think it helps that Obviously, CD, Caleb Daniel, um, who's an integral part of our back line, he's been missing the last few weeks. And, um, you know, no one, not that there's no one to play there, but a really good opportunity to see, you know, how I go down there. And um, that was kind of the conversation that I had with the coaches. And um, the first game out down there was quite tough because that was against Sydney um, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, for those that watched the game, they, uh, they had 15 scoring shots in the first quarter. So, it was a nice little introduction to the back line, but um, last week was a lot more stable and a lot more better. But yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think the way the game is this, this day and age, the the halfback line is a very attacking position. Um, as I said, in particular, the halfbacks, you think about, you know, the really good halfbacks, Sam Doherty, um, you know, Nick Dacos, um, Adam Saad. Uh, there's so many good players. Dane Zorko is playing, he's playing down there at the moment for the Brisbane Lions. There's a lot of good halfbacks that, really set the play up and, um, you know, can lead by, you know, one that just their leadership in general, but um, the way they can use the footy. So I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think 
I think um, you know, I'd like to think that um, I can keep improving in that regard. But now that I've been able to play there and, and show my ability there, that um, you know when you know when and if you know the coaches were needed me to play mid or back or wherever it may be, even forward, I've spent a bit of time up forward. They, they'd have the confidence in being able to play me in those positions. So. I am thoroughly enjoying it. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Caleb comes back, but um, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I'm glad to hear you're enjoying that position and you are playing well down there. Are you playing down back this week or are you going into the midfield to start off with? I actually don't know. I have no idea. I'll find out tomorrow pre-game, but um, that's the beauty of uh, of footy and having the flexibility. But... um, you know, I can't see why I won't be playing down back, so I presume I'll be playing down back. Yeah, fair enough. When you played for Collingwood in 2018, you received an Anzac medal for best on ground. In 2019, you also received the Neil Danaher trophy. How special is that to you to receive them two awards? Yeah, yeah, I think about those those games that I experienced and, um, you know, those two in particular, very special because the significance of the day and the significance of the moment. Um, the first one obviously being the Anzac Day, um, you know, yearly yearly match that is on. That was obviously established, I think, in 1995, I believe. Um, so to be able to, you know, have obviously won an Anzac medal, something I'm extremely proud of. I've got it framed with the jersey that I wore in the day and something that I'll look back on more fondly when I'm done. Um, you know, I wish, you know, I, I love it. I'll, I'll never take it for granted. I'll, I'll always um, appreciate the fact that I was able to win an Anzac medal and, and play in, I think, four Anzac Day games, which are very special to me. Um, but it would have been nicer if we'd won the flag that year because that was 2018. That was, that was uh, when I think about that 2018 season, that's what I think about, the one that got away. Um but nonetheless, I'm very proud to have won the Anzac medal. The, the 2019 one for the, the obviously the Neil Danaher trophy, that's obviously only really new in terms of the trophy itself. So, again, very proud that I was, I was able to perform well in those games. But I think, again, as I touched on, the significance of the day itself, um, Neil Danaher being obviously the the face of the Freeze M&D games, and um, we call them the big freeze, obviously, get the beanies out, I think. The way it's been able to grow over the last six, seven, eight years has been truly remarkable. Um, you know, the fact that this this uh, this hero of ours, Neil Danaher, is able to, you know, get there every year and 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 just showcase his ability to be able to fight this disease that, at the moment, is is um, you know, uh, you can't cure it. There's uh, there's so many um, so many things that people are trying to do. So the fact that there's a game there for it, and we raise millions and millions and millions of dollars as AFL players and I was able to be a part of it, um, that's probably where I, I get a lot more of my pride from because being able to be a part of a significant day. So, um, yeah, there are two individual awards that I'll extremely be proud of, uh, that I am extremely proud of and will be a lot more proud of once my career is done. They are definitely special awards and both of them days are also very special days as well. Mental health is becoming more prevalent as we know in today's society you you've personally faced some challenges with your mental health over the years are you happy to talk about some of them challenges that you're faced over the years yeah yeah I've, I've obviously been a big advocate for it it's something that i've battled with quite a bit um 
always been pretty open and honest with, you know, the struggles that I've had, um, not just with on the footy field, but away from the footy field, the large one being anxiety. Um, initially, it was around performance, but obviously, you know, kind of battled with it day-to-day living and, um, you know, and to be quite honest with you, I still do in a way, whether it's, um, you know, a lack of confidence or um, self-belief, whatever it may be, I'm always going to have those struggles and, and those worries in my life. But, um, you know, initially quite challenging to be able to, you know, overcome it. And, um, you know, you have the good days and the bad days. But I think the number one thing with, um, you know, mental health issues and, and struggles you may have is firstly to be able to recognise it and talk about it and talk about it with someone in particular that may be able to help you. Um, and that was, you know, the first thing that I that I did back in 2018 when, you know, I first really discovered that I do have an issue. And, um, yeah, there was obviously plans put in place and, and plans that I have, you know, now that I still try and lean on and um, still trying to um, fall back into because, you know, as I just touched on before, mate, there's times where I, where I struggle. There's always going to be times and it's something that you just live with on a day-to-day basis, something that doesn't just go away. Um, you know, I, I feel like I was, you know, born to have anxiety because that was, um, I can, you know, my earliest memories, I, I can feel that, you know, within me and, and um, being young and being, you know, a very young kid and, and then even a young teenager and a young adult, you don't really know until you talk about it and you really you know, maybe thrash it out with someone about what really, um, you know, what really makes you struggle, what gives you those, um, you know, what gives you those anxieties, what makes you, you know, worry, what makes you struggle. And these are questions that only you and the person you're talking to can answer. And, um, yeah, again, it's something that I've been a massive advocate for because I think it's something that we don't, still as a, as a society, we don't talk about as much. There's definitely, you know, there's definitely organisations that are put into to practice now and put into play. And I know the AFLPA do a great job in supporting players. I know there's, you know, even outside of AFL itself and just, um, you know, the, the, the general human being, there's there's organisations where, you know, there's places you can really reach out to and um, delve into your, your mental health side because um, it is an important part of living. And if you can't, um, you know, if you can't handle that or, or manage that, it can really, really overwhelm you and really, really... Um, you know, make you battle with your day-to-day life, which is not what you want to do because because you're too afraid to talk about how you're feeling. And and that's the reality of it. So um, I think clubs are doing a good job. I think the AFLPA is doing a good good job in, in still um, advocating it and, and putting things in play, but we can still get better as a society. My, my, my advice would always be to just talk up. If you're feeling something, just talk up. That is the best way to put it, Adam. If you're struggling people make sure you speak up ask for help and reach out to someone and you will get that support there is so many fantastic services out there well talking about mental health we know saint kilda have just recently started in the last i think two or three years is it's called buds match once a year and that's that's the game that's also dedicated to spud but it's also about raising awareness, which is called Time to Talk, which I think is a fantastic thing that the St Kilda Football Club have done to put in place, but also to raise awareness for mental health for those people that do struggle with it. Definitely. Um, So what's your thoughts on being interviewed by Roaming Brian? You actually 
interviewed by <laughs> by him last uh, week. Um, yeah, I don't mind. It's a nice little um, yeah, it's a nice little dive into the world of of footy player post game that people might not be able to see. The access is pretty cool. Um, I think that's the whole philosophy behind it. It's been around for a few years now. It's it's pretty cool. Um, BT is very chilled chilled guy who, who uh, makes you feel extremely comfortable. So I like it. I like it. I think the more access that the fans and um, the just the general people can get game day in particular, the better it is for our sport and the better we're going to be able to grow it. I think, you know, I think I'd love to see players mic'd up a lot more during the game. I'd love to see, um, you know, a little bit more access post-game, sorry, pre-game. I mean, I know the AFL and coaches don't really – want that because they're worried about, you know, whether opposition finds out game structure or whatnot. But um, to be totally honest with you, most teams know how each other play anyway, just because of the amount of scouting and the amount of um, footy we watch. So I think we can get better. I think about the NBA and the NFL and the access that the players, that the fans get to the players in terms of, you know, being mic'd up or pre-game, post-game interviewing. There, there's definitely a there's definitely a, uh, a limit where you, you really – well, there is definitely a limit where the player can't be overexhausted or it goes out of their way for, for what it may be, whether it's an interview or whatever it may be. But I think we can do better in terms of the access um, to the fans for the players. It definitely would be great to see some more media coverage with players like you were just saying then in being mic'd up and being interviewed before the game because the fans really enjoy that. And that's a big part in getting fans to watch games of football but also attend matches live. Since you've been at the Bulldogs, you and Josh Dunkley are great friends. How did you guys become so close as mates since joining the club? Um, Yeah, a common question I've been asked a million times over the last year, which is... um, which is the one we kind of both expect when we do interviews. But, um, oh, I think it's just because there was a lot of similarities with each other. Um, you know, we, we'd both been through a pretty challenging time at the time with with Dunks, obviously, his situation during that trade period of my situation. Um, and it was simply, firstly, we were just reaching out to each other just to show some support to each other and, and meet each other. And obviously, it was just part of meeting my new, my new teammates. But, um, kind of just felt a connection there from the get-go. And, um, yeah, it was kind of the the uh, the sounding board initially for me. And then um, the transition, you know, from Collingwood to the Bulldogs, although I was, you know, I think I was the second most experienced player in terms of games played. It was my, um, it was my first, uh, my first, well, my third club, but one of the first days where I was extremely nervous. Felt like I was a first year. I felt like brand new, which I was. Um, but he really helped settle those nerves and, and the friendship and, and the love and care that he showed me and gave me was something that I was grateful for. And yeah, I think from there, it just blossomed. Um, as I said, we have a lot of similarities and we land on each other quite a bit. We have in the last two years and, um, you know, we're obviously doing our own podcast now called the on and off potty with ads and dunks, which is something that we'd wanted to do for a very long time. Something that we both love doing and enjoy doing. Um, and I think the beauty about everything is that, you know, we clearly now have a friendship that is far bigger than football. And um, whether we were AFL players now or not, we'd still have, you know, a, a very, um, you know, very proud and dear friendship that we we love and cherish. So, 
um, yeah, he's uh, he's a, he's a great mate of mine, as everyone knows now, and um, you know we we clearly love each other very much. He is a great person, and it is great to see that you and Dunks have such that great connection and friendship on and off the field. You, you just mentioned about your own podcast, which was my next question. How did you, <laughs> how, how did you boys get into uh, starting up your own podcast and what are some of the things that you talk about on the podcast? Um, yeah, well, we always wanted to like, – well, not always wanted. I, I've always wanted to do like some form of um, – I guess you'd say podcasting or whatever it may be. Um, and I've wanted to do it for a very long time. I just haven't really found the right person to do it with because I never really wanted to do it by myself. I always wanted to do it with someone. And, um, yeah, it was kind of t- taking a back seat in, in my journey just in life. And then, um, obviously, Dunks and I, you know, our friendship kind of blossomed. And, um, you know, midway through last year, we are talking about, you know, what are your thoughts on doing a potty? You know, I think it'd be very interesting. I think, um, you know, we'll try and get him, we'll try and get uh, the message out there, um, you know, that we want to do one. Um, you know, we're trying to invite people into our life and show that uh, what it's like being a footy player, I guess, away from football and, and that we are normal human beings. And, um, you know, hopefully people will take an interest in that. And then that kind of grew from there, grew from there. We spoke to my manager, um, you know, COVID really made it take a backseat because we couldn't really get anything going because we couldn't meet people and whatnot. So then over the off-season, we spoke about a little bit more about, you know, when we do hopefully get out of these lockdowns and we can start meeting people and um, meeting some producers and whatever it may be, um, that we can organise it. So then, you know, around January this year, it'd been a good five, six months in the works. Um, we met some people that were willing to help us out. Um, Ritz and Jack, who are two great men, travel from Ballarat who are producers who come down, um, you know, every week and, and well, every two weeks when we do the potty and help us out, they've been enormous for us. Um, and then we just went from there. And to be quite honest with you, there's nothing, there's no real, you know, we don't really want to um, pigeonhole ourselves to doing just one thing. We want to just keep it broad. Um, we don't really have any set plans. We just really, we just talk crap. We just talk rubbish when we're on the potty and, <laughs> Um, talk about everyday life and, and our own footy journeys. But then we have guests on who have interesting stories. We've had obviously a lot of footy people on, but we've had, um, you know, we've had the CEO of, of the Formula One that came on with us. We've had um, uh, obviously some footy players that we've spoken about. We've had, we've just had, uh, I've had Kim and Tipper on who obviously a netball background, um, you know, who, who'd be, you know, which would be a really great listen to that comes out next week. So people out there, make sure you listen to it. Um, and then we obviously started the vlogging side of things because we've had, you know, quite uh, quite a keen interest in people wanting to actually see us do game day stuff um, away from the footy field stuff. And I think that's where the next evolution is and the next step is the vlogging stuff because that's, again, that's the the way the society is nowadays. You, you quite often see people vlog and you see people on YouTube and then watching other people. Um, and it's it's a nice way to grow your brand and your, and your, your own... Um, you know, just your own personal socials and whatever it may be. So, yeah, we're thoroughly enjoying it, thoroughly enjoying it. And, and again, as I touched on earlier, it's, it's something that we're both passionate about. And that's probably the best thing. It's not one of those things where I'm passionate about it and Dunks doesn't care. It's both of us really caring about it and wanting to grow it. So, yeah, it's been, um, it's been an enjoyable ride so far, but hopefully there's some bigger and better things to come.
Definitely the podcast and making videos is great fun. That's why I obviously do my own podcast because I get to enjoy hearing uh, players' stories like yours today and many more others' podcasts are actually becoming much bigger now too online, which is, which is great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining Jed's podcast today. I'd like to wish you all the best for the remainder of this season and for the future as well. My pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. I was really looking forward to it. and um, Yeah, you're a star, mate. Thank you. No worries at all. Thank you. It was great fun. So stay tuned, everyone, for the next episode and take care. Bye for now. This episode was proudly brought to you by 40 Winks Bendigo. Serious about sleep.